Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Glad you're with us for OutKick 360. And we're glad you're viewing us right now across the live stream at OutKick.com or across the social media platforms. And on this great radio station, if you're tuned in, hit us up on Twitter. At Outkick360, that's how you can interact with the show as we get you ready for the great college football weekend. An hour from right now, Austin Price of VaultQuest.com will join us. He will preview all things Tennessee and Georgia as we see the top teams in college football meet between the hedges tomorrow afternoon. We've got Alabama LSU to talk about and much more. This hour, NFL. Plenty of good games. Armando Salguero joins us in 20 minutes We'll break down the biggest headlines across the National Football League, and we kick things off this hour with the top games of the NFL weekend. The Vikings, guys, they are on the road against the Commanders. The Commanders have battled their way back. They've won three straight. They're now 4-4 four and four on the season. The Vikings are 6-1, and one, and I've counted them out in a couple of these games. I did last week against Arizona, for instance. I'm not counting them out here. They have continued to win tight ball games. They were not doing that a year ago, and they're very balanced offensively. They're getting great play from Zedaria Smith defensively and getting to the quarterback. Washington, meanwhile, they're winning very close games, low-scoring games. Minnesota's a different animal at 6-1. and one. Washington win would put them over 500 for the first time in the Ron Rivera era. Ron so Rivera in, that's era. That's nuts. Yeah, that's uh, on par with the other team we were just talking about not being over 500 since 2017. <laughs> this yeah. is not quite as bad. Only, only three guys left in Washington that played with Kirk Cousins. That shows you the turnover in the league. One-score games, Minnesota 5-0, and Washington 4-1. and I was mm-hmm. at that loss against the Titans on that goal line. This is Kirk Cousins' first game back. It's hard to believe that. This is his yeah, first time Yeah, considering they're in the back. same conference. Yeah. Yeah, considering I almost forgot he played in Washington when we brought that up, <laughs> no, it's right? Hard, like, hard to remember because he said, you like that? Remember? Yeah, that yeah, was that's, a big, big, it's a, it's big a very, marketing moment. Very popular meme, for sure, and, uh, and GIF. And by the way, or all, GIF, all, however you want four, to say. all four of the commander's wins have been by six points or fewer. So whatever the over-under is and the spread, I mean, it's three and a half. It's for a reason. This is a tight window ball game. I'm taking Minnesota to make the plays at the end. It's a four-quarter game. I don't like Washington at all. I just think that the Vikings are going to gradually fall back to earth, and this might be one of the games that helps them do so. So, to me, this game is if Washington wins at home, we're going to come back next week and say, should we start taking them seriously? No, we, uh, we yes. can't take them seriously in their division. Well, I'm not talking about the division, but five and four is going to – the they, question's going to be asked – if they can beat a one-loss Minnesota team, should we take them seriously? And then if Minnesota wins, it's are they seriously a contender for the best team in the NFC alongside Philadelphia? i got to say no to both of those questions. Either they, way. They are decent on defense. Decent. Decent. 
offensively, they can beat you multiple ways. And you know that's my criteria of yeah. winning in the postseason. But the quarterback's so shaky. They're going to win their division. I think is that – Oh, I was talking Washington. But, sorry. Oh, Washington, not yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. No, keep oh. going on Minnesota. You were talking I, Washington too? I'm talking both. Oh, I'm saying regardless both. of outcome. No, you keep going with Minnesota. It's one of so, two. Like Washington I, is just back to, oh, they're not very good. I've been on the fringe with Minnesota. You, you guys know I'm out on Washington. Yeah. yeah. Um, with the Vikings, though, like they're going to host a game that's great. I think they're a team built to win on the road in the postseason as long as they don't have to go on the road every single week on their way to Glendale. Does anybody in the AFC get good beyond Philadelphia? Dallas. You know, Dallas would be Dallas. next. San Francisco San getting Francisco. healthier. But, you know, Minnesota could get two rounds deep in the playoffs pretty easily and not be good still. I also still the, think it's the going to be. It, they're 6-1, though. It, like, could be, it could be Tampa or Green Bay to follow up with One of them, we would think, is going to One of them can up. get good, right? But they both might suck. It's time to stop overlooking Minnesota with a road win, and it sounds crazy, against Washington. Yeah, the fourth best team in there. Four division. and four in the division. Um, just moving on through throughout the NFL. Bills on the road against the Jets. No Corey Davis in this game. Uh, he's going to miss the second consecutive game. Just bad. And uh, he's been effective when he's played this season. And they're they're waiting this out. They're making sure that this is not something that's going to linger into December whenever they're trying to make a playoff push. The Jets have not scored over 17 in their last six meetings against the Bills. Bills are scoring more than 17 points in this game. Yes. Boom. End of story. Yes. And their defense is legit. I'm, I'm with you. Zach Wilson has not won a game yet in his four-game win streak since coming back from injury. And he's coming off a terrible three interceptions. I want to feel better about Zach Wilson. I really do. They have to win this But I don't. Uh, but there's I feel always, great about the Bills. Don't feel good about him. Here's the thing about the Jets, though. I like the Jets. You guys know where Just I'm coming from on this. There's always the really good team that will go into New Jersey. And Zach Wilson is good for this one big performance. He did it against the Titans last year. And you're looking around going, what are the – what are they doing, right? I like the Jets. I, I just I don't like them against Their the Bills. Their defense is very good, too. I, I'm taking the Bills, though. The Bills are dominant. This is a bad week. The Jets needed to win last week and, and could not. Give me the, the Bills on the road. I, I love the Jets roster and, and the young the talent. Is good. The Bills is good. Especially. Yeah, they're like the Bills. I know you're a big year. fan of. Yeah, but I don't yet love Zach Wilson. So I can't fully fall in love with this team until I believe in the quarterback more than I do right now, and I don't particularly believe in this guy at this point. That's a pretty good build, though, with the quarterback question going on. Seahawks are on the road against the Cardinals. Arizona's favored in this game. DeAndre Hopkins is getting 51% of the target since he came back from injury. Murray and right, is rightfully 22. So. He's, he's tearing it up whenever he's targeted. Murray's 22 of 27 for 262 yards and a touchdown to Hopkins in two games back. And he started, what, 7-0 last year with Hopkins before the injury. But I don't know what they're doing favored in this game. I mean, Seattle lost, uh, beat the Giants last week, a very good team. Seattle is good. The Cardinals are not. Geno Smith, again, six games this season with multiple touchdown passes. Coming into this year, he had seven games total with multiple touchdown passes in nine years. Now, some of that was on the bench. But still, like, this is unbelievable. I don't know how you don't buy into him what the same way. What is the threshold of games to officially buy into a team? Yeah, this I is mean, it. I'm watching That's Seattle. That's a computation thinking, we need to well, make. Well, not even buy in. I'm, buy out. Like, cash out on Arizona. Cat, both. This is, this is not both, the Rams but, and the 49ers. But this is where I think preseason 
bias gets involved. Because I'm guilty of this. I thought they sucked. I, I laughed at Pete Carroll when he talked about Geno Smith and Drew Locke and them being okay at quarterback. Yeah. And they were going to be fun. I've been proven wrong. But how long am I going to go well, with this mental block of not buying into what they're doing with Geno Smith and the fact that they are a legitimate contender they're legitimate. in the NFC? I, I think that they probably are. If but you we think need the to get Seahawks to that point where we're, we're actually buying them. Too. Like, yes. let's just, but but let me, this is not me patting myself on the back. I picked Arizona to win outright. I did not win last week. Arizona had a chance to go win the game, and Zadarius Smith in Minnesota had a massive sack that practically ended the game. The Seahawks' defense, they have Tariq Woolen, a rookie fifth-round pick, matched up in many cases against DeAndre Hopkins. Tariq Woolen is second only to Sauce Gardner for Defensive Player of the Year. I cannot wait to see this matchup because I think Vegas is telling us Hopkins is winning this matchup, and they're going to go to him 50% of the time on targets. I think so, too. Uh, I, yeah, I, I like Seattle in this game. This is a Hutton. You, you have a double the spread, you like to say, on things? Yes. Uh, this is one I'll just say wrong spread. It is. Yeah, wrong, wrong team. team that's a danger because sometimes the wrong spread means the, the team on the wrong, the, the team you think is, is got the wrong side of it actually wins it. Rams are on the road against the Buccaneers since Tom Brady's been in Tampa Bay. He's 0 for 3 against the Rams, including the postseason. It was a classic game in Tampa the last time we saw these two teams play. Rams and Buccaneers, and it feels like this is a playoff eliminator. We'll ask Armando Salguero about that exact topic coming up in 10 minutes, but the Bucs are favored by 3, and that should tell you something about how bad the Rams have been offensively, both in giving up sacks at quarterback play and throwing pick sixes, and also run game. These are the two worst rushing offenses in the NFC. Bucks are getting healthier. Carlton Davis with a hip, cornerback questionable. Sean Murphy bunting, the, cor- the slot corner questionable. Akeem Hicks, defensive tackle questionable. Antoine Winfield still out uh, or out with a concussion. On the other side, Cooper Cup, the designations aren't out yet for the Rams, I don't think, with his ankle. He was limited, though, on Thursday. Cooper Cup against Todd Bowles as the head defensive man with the Rams. 183, 96, 145, 121. Wow. And none bigger than the catch he had last year to set up the game-winning field goal to go to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I mean, he's got his his number. The big comeback by Tampa, and then it was Cooper Cup across the middle to set up the long field goal attempt for the win. This is an elimination game, I'm I feel like, for both teams. I think the winner of this game can get some hope going, can get some momentum going, feeling like they did something, and can start that November-December climb to relevance into the playoffs. I think the loser of this game is headed to a, a quick golf course once the regular season ends. Rams I really off do. a bye week. They're 3-4. and four. The Bucks are 3-5. and five. Uh, And Brady... It sounds crazy. He can surpass, and I think he will, if he, he needs 164 passing yards. The dude throws 50 times a game. 100,000 yards. 100,000 passing yards for regular season and postseason. He said combined. he's not concerned with the ball on that. His teammates should be concerned with the ball yeah. on that. That ball's not going out of play anywhere. Get that ball. Give it to the equipment guy. Get it in a case. Both of these teams, just briefly, made no moves at the trade deadline for the run game. They're awful. In the run game. Well, we've 
they've got options in Tampa and goal line. That's practically it. They're trusting on what they have. So Cam Akers is back with the locker room now in, in L.A. We'll see which team cranks up on the run game. That's the difference in if, if either of these two teams end up making the postseason because right now they have a lot of issues. Sunday night football, 5-2 and two Tennessee on the road at 5-2 and two Kansas City. Paul, many are not giving Tennessee a chance here. And the, the Titans traditionally in the regular season, in the regular season, play very well against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored currently by 12.5 points. That's related largely to Ryan Tannehill, who uh, was limited for the second day in a row at practice for the Titans. Uh, Mike Vrabel didn't make a declaration on him today, kind of let a reporter guide him into saying game-time decision. I don't think it's a game-time decision. I think it's a travel-time decision. Well, They leave for Kansas City tomorrow. They do have a long day on Sunday. Can I, can I just jump in yeah. on this? I think the and illness... You've, you've been kept, a guy that's on a plane. The, the illness kept him from traveling last week. Yeah, I'm not so not sure they would have taken him. Logan Woodside on the practice squad travels to road games this year. Look at, just look at the, you can see Logan Woodside with a headset yep. on. Tannehill's not going to make the trip if he's healthy? Well, I think you keep him off the ankle is the thing. You don't want him standing I mean, around for three hours if when you don't he want can that, have his though, feet then up. Don't put him on cleats in front of reporters for a press conference. Well, he's practicing that day. But then you get him two I, days of rest instead of getting him I on a plane and getting him on, on the thing. How, I, I think they want to travel him because I think, well, we'll they, see. I think they know they need him. I think he's very well, they close. Need him. They, he's very close. If this were a high ankle sprain, he's not. He's it's not, not high, I don't think. But yeah, right. But he's not doing these um, limited participation fake practice. practice running up. You know, he's not doing any of that. I think he has a chance to play. The question is, how much can he hurt himself if he continues to do it, knowing that the offensive line is not protecting him over the last couple of games where they've won, but he's still getting hit. He's not. He wasn't. Even though he was mobile, he's still getting sacked five times in Washington. Now he's immobile. And he's pretty good at moving out of the way. And that's, that's a issue. big part of his game. And I don't know that he's going to be able to do that. Exactly. And he mentioned that Wednesday when he spoke to us. He talked about being able to protect himself. I don't know that he'll be able to do that. Malik Willis, listen, I understand they won without him. He only needed to throw ten passes, yada, yada. He was terrible. Don't fool yourself into anything else. There were open receivers. He couldn't see them. He couldn't find them. They had one play that was schemed up brilliantly to the rookie tight end. He had no pressure on him. Could, didn't see him early enough. Couldn't find him. I mean, I don't care how inexperienced a rookie quarterback you are. On that play, you've got to be able to make that throw. I threw out today I'm getting crushed on Twitter. Based on what I saw last week, Logan Woodside's terrible also, but he can find an open receiver can identify an open receiver. I'm not, I know he's not going to hit him 100% of the time, right. but he knows who he is and where he is and what he's supposed to do. That's better to me than, than Malik Willis. I'm getting roasted for that take, but look, it's a, it's a Derrick Henry game. He's run for 544 yards against the Chiefs. Only a 2.9, or no, sorry, at 5.4 average against the Chiefs. Last game in that win, 2.9. They had uh, Mahomes fumble twice and picked them off last year. They beat them 27-3. But that's Kansas City was going through that transition, right? They had a lot going on. Everybody was playing the two-shell against Mahomes. 
They had to figure it, it out. more than that, though. I know, but Kansas City left here and won eight in a row. Well, and the, the, they figured things out. Titans got them at the right time last year. And they have either held a lead or have been tied in the fourth quarter for 20 consecutive games since that game. Chiefs might be getting the Titans at the right time, are getting the Titans at sure. the right time. But all, they won 27-3, Chad. Derrick Henry did not have a rushing touchdown, and he ran for under 70 yards total in the game. Correct me if I'm wrong. 29 there. for 86. 86, sorry. Less than 90 yards total. 29, 30 carries. 86 yards. That's a tough game. He did have a passing touchdown. They've got to roll out some of these things that they have practiced that they have not used. Don and I'm not, I'm not talking about the end around to Malik Willis here. I'm ta- they've got to find ways to manufacture points. I go back to uh, Kevin Byard with the fake punt pass touchdown to Dane Crookshank. They have to find explosive plays for an offense that doesn't have them. And the defense and special and teams need to do things. They're going to load the box with nine guys, eight and a half, nine players in Kansas City, Chad. All the time. Why would you not? What what other threat is there in this game? And I think Vegas is uh, laughing at everyone taking the Titans on the spread. I don't see any way the Titans are competitive in this game, quite frankly. Uh, that offense was atrocious last week. They're saved by their defense. Well, Here's a bulletin for you. Uh, this is not the Texans' offense they're facing this the week. Colts. Even though they've had success against the, the Chiefs in the past, I just don't see it. And, Paul, to your point about, you know, start Woodside in this game, one of the reasons you draft Malik Willis is his legs. So if you're not going to design run him at times and get him running, then, yeah, just bring in some stiff that can sit and go through a project, uh, 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 you know, go through the entire – look of the receivers and everything else like a Logan Woodside if you're not going to fully unleash Malik Willis to what you drafted him to be. Um, he's not a guy that's going to run the same offense as Ryan Tannehill when he's in there, and he's not going to do very good a, a good job of doing it. We saw that last week. So I, I just don't see any way the Titans are competitive in this game. Titans got absolutely embarrassed on Monday night in Buffalo. But Tannehill didn't play the fourth quarter of that game, and it wasn't because he was hurt because the game was out of range. Here's what Kevin Byard, the excellent safety on the Titans, told me at paulkuherski.com about the shape of this game. And he was talking about wanting primetime redemption based on that Buffalo game because this is Sunday night football. He said, I think our identity as a team, playing physically on offense and defense, I wouldn't say they're the opposite, but they're more of a finesse team. With their speed, we're not going to win a track meet. So hopefully it's going to be our style against theirs, and we'll see whose style is going to end up winning. And they fully believe they can win defensively with Derrick Henry they can. without much of a passing game. You know, America doesn't look at it and think that. That's why it's a 12-point well, spread. They can, but they need help in that. What he's not saying is we need a fumble on a punt return that we recover at the 34, and we have short field, and at minimum we're getting a field right. goal. We need Mahomes we- to mess up. When he's sacked by Jeffrey David Simmons. David Long does his film study the way he's done all year, and he breaks a route and, and has a, a pick that sets us up at, at midfield. The reasons why you buy into the Titans is because of their head coach. It's because of Jeffrey Simmons and Kevin Byard, who play big in these games and big every week. It's because you buy into Christian Fulton moving from young up-and-comer and capable and with potential to – a guy playing with some veteran savvy that's breaking routes and understands the game plan uh, as a number one guy. I think he's played very well recently. Um, and then Derrick Henry turns into post-Halloween, if you look at his numbers, 
the baddest man in the NFL. That's why you buy into it regardless of quarterback. But Tannehill needs to play if they're going to win. They've reduced the big plays allowed, but Kansas City's really good at those, whether they're yak plays or downfield plays. And here's the problem. They mix it up in the slot. Kadarius Toney might show up there now, too. But Mecole Hardman, they don't have anybody that can run with him. And Travis Kelsey, Titans are without Amani Hooker, who suffered a shoulder injury last week. He's, not, he's out. And uh, they're without Elijah Molden, who was activated into his practice window off PUP, but has, is not activated to play in this game. So uh, they, they don't have as many options as they need in the secondary. They've been very creative in what they're doing there, but they haven't faced this many options with the Colts and the Texans. Kelsey's a killer. We know that. Hardman, Tony, there's a lot. There's a wave of people coming at them. Can they and Brable gets a ton down? of credit for, for winning after bye weeks. What is it, 10-plus yeah, days or whatever? Chiefs are on one now. Chiefs are um, they're coming off a bye, and Andy Reid throughout his entire coaching career, even back with Philly, is 20-3 and three coming off a bye. They do it right. And we'll find out if the Titans are true, like, playoff caliber contenders based on this matchup because they didn't do anything at the trade deadline and they're saying we're good enough to win we're going to do it this way it's a hard way to do it it's a hard way to do it against a team like kansas city against a team like buffalo which they had no chance against doing it you can do it this way against the commanders the raiders the colts twice the texans and they've done a good job they've got a five-game winning streak doing it against those teams but I see a big red stop sign when uh, a big Chiefs red stop sign this weekend. We continue the NFL discussion with Armando Salguero. We will begin by discussing the buy-in from the Miami Dolphins with Tua Tagovailoa, based on what they did at the trade deadline on defense to signal that he's not just on a prove-it year. They're continuing with Tua Tagovailoa for the long term. We'll get Armando's take on that and much more next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Previewing the big football weekend across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us for Outkick 360, and as always, glad to be joined by Armando Salguero of Outkick.com, covers the NFL for Outkick. Armando, great to see you, and uh, hope things are well. Things are great. Oh, wow, Chad. Very cool, brother. Very cool. Got the, got the sunglasses. You like these sunglasses? The sunglasses? Very nice. Here, let me Don't help them you hanging. here. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't alone for a while. Everyone else had sunglasses yeah, all, on. They took them go. off. And then, I, I, yeah, to, I, was the, I was the lone the lone ranger. I have to flip to reading glasses, Armando, anytime I want to look at a note. So it's a lot on and off. And I love, I love Armando has the glasses on, too, which great. is awesome. And we are at least outside. I know some that will wear sunglasses inside. That's not me. So we are at least outdoors while I'm wearing them. And we know you're at a, at a stadium. So, oh, now he's Stevie Wonder. 
<laughs> and he's at Orchard Park, it looks like. Armando Salguero Please with us. Please don't disparage the blind like Jerry Jones did with his Halloween Armando, the, the investment in Tua Tungavailoa continued at the trade deadline for the Miami Dolphins, right? I mean, this is, this is a sign that the Dolphins are all in with Tua beyond this year based on what they've traded. Well, it's a sign that they're all in because they have to be at this point, uh, to be honest with you. So they started the year out with two first-round picks. And when they were making all these moves, everyone said, well, they're putting a, a good team around Tua, and if he doesn't succeed with that, there's always the next draft, and you have enough draft capital to go get a you know elite-type franchise quarterback. Well, then the NFL tampering-slash-tanking investigation happened and they had to forfeit a first round pick plus and then obviously the trade deadline came and they gave up a first round pick for bradley chubb and so now they have no first round pick next year they're not going to be getting a quarterback it's obvious that tua is going to remain their quarterback and they feel good about it because there's a confidence based on what they've seen earlier this year Bradley Chubb, obviously an excellent player. He's also uh, missed a lot of games, hurt. How do you uh, weigh the risk there? That That's the big thing with, to me, the two biggest trades, McCaffrey to the 49ers and, and Chubb to the Dolphins. If those two guys have clean resumes and are healthy, I wouldn't hesitate to make either of those deals. But given their injury histories, I'm a little worried on both ends. Well, you saw, Paul, that on the same day, two different teams had two different opinions about that injury history. And the Denver Broncos, who know Bradley Chubb better than anyone, they decided that the guys missed 22 games in the last, what is it, three years? And to pay him going forward, to give him the kind of money that he wanted in guarantees going forward, was something that they were not comfortable doing. The Miami Dolphins, they see what we see, and they've seen, you know, his injury history, and they gave him $63 million guaranteed. So, I mean, who's going to be right? I don't know. I'm not Karnak, but I can tell you that both teams are very happy with the way that they proceeded. The, Bron- the Broncos, look, weren't going to go anywhere. They were barely probably going to contend for a playoff spot this year. And they've got guys that they need to re-sign and extend next year and beyond. The Dolphins, they're all in right now. And they're, they've got a quarterback on a rookie contract. So if you're going to be all in, that's the time to do it. Armando, is there a chance that the Houston Texans go one and done with their head coach in back-to-back seasons from David Coley to now Lovey Smith, and they're going to move in a different direction? Well, they're definitely going to move in a different direction at the quarterback spot, John, uh, Chad, excuse me, I'm sorry. And they're definitely going to adjust the coaching staff below Lovey Smith if that rises to Lovey Smith's got to go, the way that I think is going to be measured is do these players play hard for Lovey Smith? 
does he lose the locker room? Um, are his game plans and his coaching staff's game plans good? Um, you know, Pep Hamilton, we'll see. Uh, that offense isn't lighting anything up. They found a running back, but they haven't exactly, you know, inspired anybody. I, I think Lovey Smith probably survives, assuming they continue to play hard like they did last night. But with the Texans now, it's it's a tough situation in that where's the where's the light at the end of the tunnel? Because you know it's not this year, obviously. It's not next year. It wasn't last year, and it wasn't the year before. So how long is this organization that was once upon a time, you know, a perennial playoff team? How long are the fans going to stick with them when the other teams in town, you know, they're doing pretty good? Armando Salguero, our guest. Let's stay in Houston, but let's talk Brandon Cooks, who's back with the team today after not playing last night on Thursday Night Football against Philly. Brandon Cooks, if released, I'm just going to get – everyone's talking Odell Beckham Jr., if released, is Brandon Cooks the Odell Beckham Jr. of last season? And think about the teams that didn't make a move that could land him or Odell for not giving up anything right now. Right. So he's not the Odell Beckham Jr. of last year, this year, because he's not as good. <laughs> you know, Odell Beckham Jr. is an accomplished uh, nine-route in his uh, route tree type wide receiver. Brandon Cooks doesn't run every route and has never run every route. He's, he's good on the deep routes. He's a solid player. And I know that the Dallas Cowboys would have wanted him, but here's the, the issue with Brandon Cooks, right? Um, he's got $18 million in guaranteed money coming next year. If he's smart, he becomes Mr. Brandon Cook's good soldier and he collects $18 million next year. If he finds a way to extricate himself from the Houston Texans, he may be with a better team, maybe, but he's not gonna get $18 million guaranteed next year. So I think that's one of the reasons Brandon Cooks is back in the facility today. Money talks, guaranteed money yells. And the, the idea that I'm going to leave this bad situation and, and go somewhere and be better off, well, maybe, but not better off financially, that's for sure. So I understand that when I ask this question, the Packers have the advantage this weekend because they play the Lions and Tampa plays the Rams. But who's more likely to figure it out this season and make a run to the playoffs, Tampa or Green Bay, based on what you've seen from both teams? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you were going to ask me about the Rams and, and the Bucks. Um, <laughs> I want to think that the Bucks are going to be okay. And then I turn to their injury report. And it's not okay. 
and I turn to their depth chart and their offensive line is not okay. And I look at their defensive line and it's not okay. So if you've got basically a, a mishmash of personnel week to week, it's not that the coaching is terrible, the quarterback play is not bad, it's not that they don't have a good running back, but there are connected issues that prevents them from being okay. Green Bay, their issue is their wide receivers aren't good, they're young, and you know they've got a quarterback that has no patience for it. Uh, and so that is what it is. Um, it, 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 it's just a, you know, I don't know that they can save it this season. So I guess my the short answer, which I should have given you right away, was I don't think either one of those teams are gonna be okay. Titans are riding a five-game winning streak, not against great teams, obviously. We know they're well-coached. Um, their style is unconventional, defense-heavy, running back-heavy. Right now, uh, maybe without their starting quarterback, uh, who's not great, second week in a row. You're looking for some national perspective on what they are. They're, they're the second seed, Armando, somehow, right now, heading into Kansas City against the team everybody presumes is really the second best team in the AFC. They got blown out by Buffalo when they played a good team. They're better than that now. But uh, how how bad do you think it might be on Sunday night? And what do you think that the Titans really are when when they do have Tannehill? Did, did, did you read my, my Derrick Henry story today, Paul? Did, did you see that on Outkick? I apologize. Did I have guys... not. Oh, okay. Um, so I wrote about Derrick Henry. I'll, I'll, get, I'll, get, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And, and, and this was basically the story. He's back! Uh, when the guy is the October AFC Player of the Year after and a September of gloom and doom and it's over and he's not the same guy and he can't stay healthy and this is an injury that never goes away and it's always there in the background um yeah he, he kind of took that and did kind of this to it and that and so, and so that yeah yes and so they are back to their formula, which has been they can run the football, they can stop the run, they play physical on both sides of the ball, and their quarterbacks are not good. <laughs> they, were the, they were the top seed in the, NF, in the AFC last year doing that. So I think that they're going to give the Chiefs a tough time because they match up well physically against the Chiefs. Do I think they're going to go to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs? No, but I don't think it's going to be like, you know, a butt whipping. And the Chiefs are not going to take the Titans to the woodshed and just start, you know, doing Rooster Cogburn or whatever on them or whatever that cartoon rooster is with a dog. Yeah, that I mean, they have definitely bought into their style of play. You know, and we, we've talked at length all offseason this week. That style of play in the postseason is a different story than what they're doing right now. We saw it last year. 
because they have to have a plan B. You've got to be able to win in different ways in the postseason. And right now, the Titans have a very distinct path to victory. Same as the Falcons, though. And I'm curious where you come down on Atlanta, who can get with a win over the Chargers. Above 500, Armando, for the first time since 2017. What do you make of Atlanta, their style of play? Their defense is nowhere close to what Tennessee plays, but they're in also in a very bad division, and they have a chance to take a clear lead. They're already there, a clear lead with a win over the Chargers this week. <laughs> is that crazy? A clear lead in a division that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play in? It's, it's stunning, and... Look, Arthur Smith obviously worked in Tennessee and did great work in Tennessee, and he brought that that mindset and that philosophy, if you will. They're not a good team, okay? Let's just, they're not a good team. And what's more, they know they're not a good team. But are they going to, you know, throw the white flag up the and and say, we're not a good team. Our season's over. No, they're going to fight. And that's part of the philosophy and the mindset. They're going to always give effort. That's part of the philosophy and the mindset. They're going to run the ball. Oh, that's part of the philosophy and the mindset. If Mariota finds a good game here and there, and a good game defined as he doesn't throw two interceptions plus, they're going to be okay. Right. Uh, but I think that's their ceiling, Jonathan. I, I don't... I, I, okay. Uh, I don't know. We're not going to be that, talking about... That's fair. I'm not... Uh, I'm... I'm with you. I'm not. I'm not trying to turn this into Detroit by any means. With, with, from four weeks ago, I'm, but they were like hey, with two with two weeks with two weeks to go in the regular season last year. They were in the playoff. They were in the playoff discussion, right? Like they they were there. They weren't in, but they're better now than they were a year ago. And that's with how many? How much money in dead? Seventy eight million dollars of dead money. This is a great that's sign. What sounds it's a great sign for the Falcons that they're this competitive based on knowing that they don't have Matt Ryan or Julio Jones. The future is bright, Armando. I, at least I think so. No. And, and let me tell you why. You've just made the <laughs> argument for the future. <laughs> you just made the argument for the future okay. is mediocre. And, and the reason I say that is the future is bright if they had $78 million in dead money this year and it all clears out next year. And guess what? They've got a first, oh. the first overall pick, or the second, or the third, or the fourth. But we're making the case here that they might be in the playoffs, and where are they going to be drafting regardless? You know, they they go nine yeah. and eight. They go eight and nine. They're in the teens, and that's not where the great quarterbacks typically are found. And they need one. Well, the question is, how's their rookie quarterback who's sitting and watching Mariota? That, that's the big question. To Arthur's me. telling us. Well, he's winning yeah, with, the, yeah. with, with the vote. But he, but he so. told us even before the season started, when they were already buried, which he already said the media's they, they have written the obituary. Right. So. We shall see. Uh, yeah, you're talking about the kid from Cincinnati, Ryder, right? Um, Desmond Ritter. Ritter, yeah. Ritter, yeah. Ritter. Yeah, Ritter, Ryder. I mean, they, watch, watch, 
Hey, watch them end up with a mid-round, first-round grade on Hendon Hooker. Or just let's throw out a, a, a versatile quarterback. Kyle Pitts, Drake London. They have a run game with Cordero Patterson. They lack the quarterback. That That's that's the missing piece, and they lack a good defense, too. They but can again, play like the Titans. But again, like, it, it's a crazy scenario where they are about to be two games up in the NFC South. And maybe the great Will Levis will drop to them in the mid-round, too, <laughs> and then their, their franchise woes are solved. Hey, at that point, the, the draft the is for a happens. different week. We're in week nine. Here we go. Buckle up. Armando's got us covered on everything. Armando, thank you as always. We appreciate you rescheduling for us this week based on yours, and uh, it, here we go. It's hey, going to be a great football and weekend. And we've got to get this show over to go read your Derek piece. Yep. Armando, my sunglasses well, are coming <laughs> off in honor of you. It's The sun's going right. down behind That's me, so great. they're off now. You're welcome. Suns, sunset in Nashville. Armando Salguero, right, Outkick.com is the site. You can read all of the NFL uh, news and notes there. I need to send him my column on Derek Henry from – June. I'm going to send Told that. them that was going to happen. Hey, the, the Titans are not going to use him any less than they did prior to the injury. They have to. They just traded A.J. Brown. It was obvious. Will, they bought into it, too. Will we be using Paul's plus money props? We will be. I, I use them every week because he hits on a high percentage of them. And if you hit on one, you're making money yeah. based on the plus money props that he's about to give you. That's next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Coming up in eight minutes, back to the college football discussion for the jam-packed college football weekend, starting with Tennessee and Georgia. We will have Austin Price of AllQuest.com with us. Again, less than 10 minutes from right now on Outkick 360. Glad you're with us. It is time for PK's Plus Money Props of the uh, NFL weekend. Let's make some money here. Let's do it. Let me retweet that really quickly and then spill my drink. (laughs) Then we'll go from there. Uh, Make it official. All right, let's get these up on the board. The Rams are going to score under 19.5 points. That's plus 105. Here's why. They averaged 16.9 points, as crazy as that is to imagine. And the Bucks allow 18.9 points. Both of these happen to be under 19.5 points. So I feel pretty good about that at plus 105. T. Higgins against the Panthers is going to score a touchdown. That's plus 110. Look, the Bengals have to get on track here without Jamar Chase. T. Higgins is the next best receiver. I think they're going to target their next best receiver, and they're going to try to score with him. Tom Brady does not run. What's the one situation Tom Brady runs in? Sneaks. He sneaks. What's he going to gain on a sneak? He's going to gain a, a yard. yard. He's going to gain a yard, and he's going to make us plus 115 when he gains that yard. This is an easy one. Is this I'm every surprised. week? I don't know, but I'm going to start <laughs> looking for it every it's week. plus money? That's against the Rams. Can I parlay these, all of them together? <laughs> so far, you're liking them. Tyler Lockett over five and a half receptions for the Seahawks against the Cardinals. The Cardinals allow 36.4 passes per game, tied for 26. That's a lot. 26 heading towards 32. 32 would be the most. I think he'll get a lot of passes thrown his way. D.K. Metcalf still kind of banged up. 
even if DK Metcalf is getting his, Tyler Lockett's going to get his. I haven't felt this good about a four-pack in quite some time. I think you got four winners right there. The, the only thing with Lockett is Vegas is thinking that everything is going through Kenneth Walker III now. Yeah. Over the last month. Since, he, since he's been in the lineup, he started the last two weeks, three weeks, he's been dominant. And so does that take away from the targets for the wide receivers? That's Maybe. the only thing. I'll take my chances at plus oh, 125. Yeah. I'm trying hard to find the over one-half yard on Tom Brady rushing yards right now, and I'm failing I'll coach miserably. You. I'll coach Tyler Lockett, the, the last five games, 5-7, five, 2-5-6. Five, Those are his catches. So five-and-a-half is about right. Yeah, it's a good number. And if you think he's going to do what he did against Arizona, Arizona, he had two catches on five targets for 17 yards. I don't understand the Brady number at all. Maybe the Rams are really good against sneaks. Well, Donald's there. But but uh, Brady's really good at sneaking. I guess they're not thinking that it's going to be third and short or fourth and goal at the, at the one. You get a third and short <laughs> every game. It's still plus money. I like it, Paul. I'm Thank taking you. it. I'm, I'm following you there. Let's do it. Join us. Please. Join us. Hey, Tennessee and Georgia, you can join us here at 6th and Peabody. If you're in the middle Tennessee or just the area of the Mid-South, join us for the watch party. Massive one here for Tennessee and Georgia. You can take it all in with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. When we come back, we'll preview the games in Athens. Between the Hedges, the Bulldogs, and the Vols, Austin Price of VolQuest.com joins us. We will talk all things. Big matchup in college football. Number one versus number three. We break it down next on Outkick 360.